0: This is Real Estate Rookie Show number 32.
1: And while she's saying this, I'm thinking, I know what home equity line of credit is, but well, my parents are not going to do this. Like, there's no possible way that they'll do this. She basically talked them into it at the table. So I was able to pull out a $110,000 home equity line of credit on my parents' home.
0: My name is Ashley Kerr, and today we had a guest on who is immediately, as he got on the Zoom call, asked me about Felipe's biceps before Felipe. You guys don't drop this bicep
2: thing. We're going to be on episode 100, (laughs) and people are still going to like. I literally. And when I work out, I'm like self-conscious about that. I'm like, okay, extra couple reps because Ashley's going to bug I know. me about it.
0: That's what I was oh, thinking about. It's like, now you have to like really keep up
2: the... I have to. The I really do. Jeez, it's wild. <laughs> anyway, so today we have Prescott on the show and probably one of the funnest episodes we've done in a while. Prescott's in the military. He's a full-time nurse. He has two rental properties, soon to be four because he's building. He talks about how he leveraged his parents' HELOC against their house to, to finance deals. This guy is amazing. He's crushing it.
0: Everyone's going to be so annoyed as to how many times I laughed during this episode and I apologize in advance, but it was so fun and he has really good stories, but also great advice. Like at the end, me and Felipe were both like shocked at one point he made about his cash flow and then a five minute phone call. It was just like light bulb moment. That is so true. So let's bring on our guest.
4: Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Corporate Direct is your professional and affordable option for getting your LLC done right. They handle the state filings, draft your operating agreement, and act as your registered agent. They'll even help you comply with the Corporate Transparency Act Head over to CorporateDirect.com slash BiggerPockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's CorporateDirect.com slash BiggerPockets.
0: Prescott, welcome to the show. We are really excited to have you here today. And I heard a little bit of you and Felipe talking before we started recording. That he actually reached out to you on Instagram. So let's talk about that little bromance first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could call it a bromance. Uh, so of course you guys are, are famous to me. Basically, Listen to Bigger Pockets over the past six years of my life. And uh, I told my best friend, I was like, Felipe hit me up because we're huge Bigger Pockets fans. And he was like, Stop lying, I don't believe you. So I was waiting, and I showed I showed him my Instagram DM. And we had one of those ah! going crazy <laughs> moments. And it was just, that was pretty, it was pretty special to me. And it's it's been a couple of months, but you're getting a chance, the opportunity to be on the show is it's like a dream come true.
0: Yeah, we're really excited to have you. And I remember when I was a guest on the bigger pockets OG ep- or you know, podcast, and I had that same ah, that same shriek and squeal.
2: <laughs> Actually, I was telling Prescott, I was like, man, I really enjoy having, you know, real estate investors that just don't fit the mold. I don't want, not underdogs, because that's not what that's not what it is, but definitely just out of the box investors. I know, and I'll let Prescott tell his story here in a second, but I know that he's like in the Air Force and he's like an ICU nurse and he like does all these things, but he also invests in real estate. And as a young man in investing, I think that's really important, especially with what he's done. And before we even do anything, Prescott, I just want to thank you, first of all, for your service, for what you're doing for our country. Thank you so much. That does not go, you know, underlooked, undervalued by any means. And we are actually honored to have you on the show. So I just want to make sure that, that you know that.
1: <laughs> appreciate the support, Felipe. Absolutely.
0: So why don't you get into a little bit of your background and how you got into real estate investing?
1: okay let's do it. So I'm currently a full-time ICU nurse as Felipe was saying working with the sickest of the sick patients. I've been Air Force Reserve for six years and I'm in the process of going officer right now with my nursing degree and I also own a nonprofit charity called Impact Our Youth that focuses on giving back school supplies and scholarships to younger people and uh, I was also a terrible real estate agent for a couple years. So that's my background as far as jobs and everything and right now I have two rental properties and i have a, a one well one house under contract and i'm about to start building two new constructions that I already have all the materials for
0: that's <laughs> awesome and i the first wow. thing i thought of was okay you're only 23 and you've already done all this stuff
1: excuse <laughs> and, me i'm 24 i turned i turned oh. 24 on Two days ago, September
2: 6th. Oh, Oh, he is so grown up. 24. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that baby face. 24. No, no, no. I'm 24. Yeah, that reminds me like when I was younger and people were like, oh, he's 13. Nope, nope. I'm 14 years old and I'm Yeah,
1: Yeah, I (laughs) I almost hit y'all with a 23 and a half.
2: Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Prescott, I I want to dig into a little bit about your charity, if that's okay. What interested you in that? I don't hear a lot of people at 24 giving back to a charity. So talk a little bit about that.
1: I just remember growing up how there was so many people. Of course, I went to public school and there were so many people who were like disadvantaged. And, and a lot of people just don't realize, like having to ask your friend for a pencil every day in class, like even that is is something that can set you back. And and I when I got older, I was like, man, there's something that I want to do about this. And uh, I came up with the idea to do a, a back to school supply giveaway. And I was like, it'll just be a small giveaway or whatever. And I ended up giving out 350 fully filled book bags the first year. And after you. that, after that, I was like, let's just make it a nonprofit and make it official. And it and it, it turned out great. It's been great for my city, too.
2: That's amazing. That's That's really cool, because I think a lot of times people don't see how just even having the essentials at school is really, really important and how that can set you up for life. I know me growing up with a single mom, you know, I would get in trouble sometimes in school because I didn't have all my supplies. And I was just too embarrassed to say, we just can't afford them. And that's exactly. why I to hustle my way through a pencil or, you know, things like that. So like, are, you know how they send you that list of paper that you need it's to so get
1: long every year. It's excuse- so
2: long and it gets longer. And my mom was like, okay, that's 200 bucks times three kids. That's, that's not easy to do. So it'd be like, all right, Felipe, one month, you're going to have half your list. The next month you're going to have the other. And by then kids are already a month ahead because I didn't have anyways, like, dude, I think that's awesome. I think that's super cool that, that what you're doing, but let's get into your real estate. So give us a 30,000 foot view of your portfolio. If you want to tell us a little bit about the deals that you've done, and then we'll dig into one uh, key part of whichever one you would like.
1: Okay. So like the 30,000 foot view of my portfolio, as I was saying, is is the two rental properties I have. One's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is central Mississippi. It's a 1,500 square foot, three-bed, two-bath home. And I have a Katrina cottage in Pastor Stan, Mississippi, which is on the coastline. And it's a one-bed, one-bath home. The two new constructions will both be 1,500 square feet, three bed, two baths right next to each other. And then the property I have under contract is a probate deal that I actually got it in connection with the house, the Katrina cottage that I bought. So that's, that's a 30,000 foot view of what I have going to real estate at this moment.
0: What made you decide that you'd want to get into real estate? Did you have like a light bulb moment? Was there a mentor or someone that had told you about it?
1: This, this is a great story. So I took this class called Skills for Success and Financial Planning my senior year. So my senior year of high school, like, you know, the last semester when everyone can like leave school early. One of my football coaches talked me into taking this class and he had to talk me into taking it because I really didn't want to. And the first couple of weeks, they were talking about investing and and all these ideas that were kind of foreign to me. And and then one day, they started talking about generational wealth and financial freedom. And they were talking about it through dividend stocks and real estate and passive income. And I fell in love with those ideas. And uh, I remember in that class, he said, I need y'all to listen to a podcast for our homework on something that you're interested in. And that night, I went home and listened to the real estate guys. And I was like, man, I, I don't really like their voices. I hate to that's say the this. the wrong gonna, podcast. Yes,
2: Because the they're going to hear it.
1: <laughs> and the next one, day, the one. next day, I listened to real estate. I listened to the Bigger Pockets podcast. They're on like episode twelve of an OG Show, and I've listened to every episode since then. Really? So, wow. So that's that's when I first got started. And I, and through high school, I mean through college, I would listen. I commuted, so I would listen to them on my way on my way to college, and I would listen to another real estate podcast my way home along with listening to every I mean reading every book I could about real estate and finances so I was in I was investing in real estate before I was investing in real estate for sure
0: How many years did you listen to these before you actually took your first action
1: Okay so my senior year of high school till my the when i graduated nursing school so four years of college i listened i listened to every episode and this was before i had basically any extra money to my name so i knew i wasn't going to be able to get my feet wet but when the time comes i was i was like i'm going to be as prepared as i can be
2: that's that's a really cool story and i want everyone who's listening right now to screenshot their phone or screenshot this youtube video or whatever they're doing Because this is going to be a future millionaire. You have so much knowledge packed in your head and you're just oozing real estate and you're ready to take action. I mean, you've already taken action on so many deals going forward. That's going to be amazing. So, I mean, anyone and everyone who's listening, mark this as part of their bookmark on their phone, because this guy is going to be the next millionaire for sure. So Prescott, I love the story. You became a nurse through college, but can you tell us really quick a little bit about your Air Force, how you did that? And then I want to dig into the real estate.
1: Okay. So... I had a year of college already completed when I started because of AP and like dual credit classes in high school. So basically I knew that I was already a year ahead of where I needed to be in college. And there was no way that I was gonna be able to pay for college completely on my own with just the scholarships I had. So I was like, man, what can I do? So I decided that I was gonna join the Air Force Reserves right before starting my first semester of college. So I joined the Air Force Reserves be air transportation specialist, loading airplanes. And that way I was able to I was able to pay myself, pay pay for my college completely without any debt, which was a huge thing for me because I'm reading all these books about finances, like the richest man in Babylon and stuff like that. Oh, that's so, a really
2: good book. I love yeah. that book.
1: So the Air Force gave me the opportunity to pay for my, my college out of pocket without going into any debt. And that really that really catapulted me into the future of real estate investing because I didn't have to pay that off before I got started.
0: The fact that you even looked for opportunities as to how to go through college without taking on debt just like sets you apart from so many people because it's so easy just to take on student loans because it's normal. Everybody has student loans, but for that you and you took something that maybe even wasn't even in your comfort zone, too. I mean, it was a ton of. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was a the guy who always people. said I'd never join the military. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I think that's awesome. I think that really shows your passion and dedication to creating that financial freedom, that very well personal finance and setting the foundation for your future. So I think that that's really cool. Thank you,
1: Ashley. And it's been great for me.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the, the first deal though. So how did you find it and take us through it?
1: Okay, so, so the first deal, I knew I was gonna buy a house as soon as I graduated college because I was gonna have a consistent job and decent money, which, as y'all know, I've been waiting for this for like five years. So I'm already super excited. So I secured a job about two months before I graduated nursing school. And uh, my dad has a relationship with a, a lender at a community bank which is what I was super excited about because listening to the OG show, it's always find a community bank that does portfolio loans and that can give you um, a high refinance as far as the loan of value. And so- Can you
0: describe real quick what a portfolio loan is for everyone?
1: uh, A portfolio loan is like, instead of taking out individual loans on a property, you can take out loans against like your entire portfolio or even lines of credit. So it, it works out great. And so I'm thinking in the future, In the future, this is what this is what I'll need it for. Because right now, I mean, I don't have anything, and so I went to this uh, lender. I was telling her my situation. I told her all my goals, which my goals are: I want 100 rental units by 30 that fit into my rental requirement list, and I want to have a four million dollar net worth by 30, and also uh, 300k in passive income. All of these goals by 30. I'm telling her this and thinking that she's going to offer like a VA loan or uh FHA loan, something conventional to, to do since I, I have a decent job now. And she's like, Prescott, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this in, in front of your parents. And this is the what this is what y'all should do. And this is going to change your life. And my, my parents, are they're older. My my mom's 59, my dad's 60. And they have their home paid off. And she said, your parents should pull out a home equity line of credit on their home. And while she's saying this, I'm thinking, I know what home equity line of credit is. but well, my parents are not going to do this. Like, there's no... <laughs> There's no possible way that they'll do this. She basically talked them into it at the table that that they should pull out a home equity line of credit because this is going to help me accomplish my dream so much faster because I I basically be able to buy rehab rent and refinance repeat and continually use this home equity line of credit. And uh, my parents went for it, and that was was amazing for me. So I was able to pull out a $110,000 home equity line of credit on my parents' home. So let's talk about that a little bit, Prescott, because I think that's really important because I,
2: you, you hear this generational wealth word tossed around a lot, right? You're like, oh, generational wealth. But what does that look like in story form? And I think you just explained it without knowing. Your parents are able to now pass on their wealth through you. You will be able to pull out a home equity line of credit on your kids for them to continue your legacy. This is what generational wealth looks like. I'm, I'm always struck by when people are selling their homes in the hood or the ghetto or whatever, because gentrification is coming in. Instead of just pulling a line of credit or a HELOC, don't sell the property, pull a HELOC on it, allow someone else to use it or yourself as a down payment for the next rental property, continuing that generational wealth stop selling your property unless you are in an emergency. I think it's perfect what your parents did for you, Prescott, which was give you a homemaker line of credit after four years of self-education with bigger pockets. And and I think, I think it's perfect. And now you're able, I bet you're able to refinance and pay them back and then be able to keep use that over and over
1: exactly, and over again. Exactly. And, and my parents basically told me, you know, if, if you were just any kid, we probably wouldn't have done that, but they've been watching me read real estate books and talk about finances and bore them to death about real estate when I don't have anything. <laughs> and so they're like, Hey, if, if anybody, if anybody's gonna do this the right way, it's him. So they were they were able to be talked into that.
0: Dad, I know you are listening to this episode right now. <laughs> Go back and repeat that. I've been trying to get him. <laughs> to take out a line of credit on uh, the building that his business is in and he's been thinking about selling it and like, Felipe, what you just said was don't sell it, you know, keep using the equity in it over and over Okay, again. hold on, so Ashley, Dad, what's your dad's name? What's your dad's this. name?
2: What's your Mike. dad's name? <laughs> Mike, Mike, do not give Ashley a loan. Everyone <laughs> else you can give it to, but Mike, don't give a Ashley a loan. Private
0: lenders, so bad, and I keep like bringing this deals, so and they're like, oh yeah, no. think about it, whatever. And like he hasn't pulled the trigger yet. So Dad, listen to that. Anyways, Prescott.
2: <laughs> okay, so what did you do with the line of credit? Walk us through what happened next.
1: Okay, so with the line of credit, I found I found a house looking through Zillow, and uh, I, I got in contact with a real estate agent in that city of Hattiesburg, and. I basically was looking for homes that fit into my rental requirement list. So any investor will tell you, take the emotion out of the deal. It needs to objectively fit into a list that you want to buy as a rental property. And that list for me is a home that has 150% ARV, 25% equity upon rehab ending. It needs to be in a neighborhood where I feel comfortable picking up the rents from. And of course, falls into the 1% rule, rent rule. And uh, I basically combed the MLS and Zillow and found a couple of homes that fit the mold as as far as that rental requirement list is concerned. And I found a house that was about a minute away from a major hospital, a minute away from a major university. And uh, it was listed for 55,000, and uh, it had been on the market for about five to six months with a couple of price reductions. So of course, I'm thinking I could get a deal out of this. The home is 1,800 square feet, three bed, two bath. I mean, it has great bones, but it looks like the guy who owned it before me had started a rehab and just ran out of money. I mean, they had about 1,000 square feet of uh, flooring, ceramic tile, light fixtures, toilets, and an AC unit and hot water tank on the property that just wasn't hooked up. So... I finally came up with, I was going to put an in on this property and I went 15000 below the asking price of 40000 And right before I got my agent to submit the property, I'm just thinking, you know, like what more can I ask for to make this deal beneficial? Of course, he's probably going to say, no, it's 15000 below asking price. So I, so I decided that I was going to ask for it for $40,000 contingent upon all the material being left in the house. And it was my accepted man. the next day. The next day.
0: Wow, <laughs>
2: that's amazing. I love those. I found I have found one or two of those where people like run out of money, and in that situation, it benefits you and that person. They just need their money out, and you have a great deal to move forward on. I think that's amazing. All right, so sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Keep going. What happened next?
1: Okay, so over the next three months, I I lived in a house. So I'm a new nurse working twelve hour shifts, like almost every day. And then I come home and work in the home for about four hours. And of course I had help. I subcontracted out some stuff like plumbing, electricity, but I was sleeping on the air mattress in this house that somehow found a new hole every night. So I woke up on a, like the flat floor every night. And I mean, we re, we turned this house out. I completely like sanded the outside house, repainted the outside and inside had to do a little sheetrock work in the back, completely ran new electricity and, I put flooring down, but I mean, I did all of this with the material that was left in the house. I used that AC unit. I used that flooring. I used that ceramic tile in the bathrooms. And I basically just, I fought it out for those three months. And it sounds like it's terrible, but I tell y'all, this might have been the best three months of my life. Because it was like, I finally get to get started.
0: How did you learn to rehab properties and do this work when you were younger?
1: My dad is actually a contractor. I still live with that. So I've been exposed to this stuff my whole life. So I had, now I feel like I finally had all of this real estate knowledge, which really wasn't that much that that I came to find out once I started doing deals. But... <laughs> But I had all of this book knowledge, and uh, and I had uh, my hands on a lot of con- different construction activities my whole life. So it was like it culminated for me to finally get this. You thing. don't
2: you don't have to be humble, Prescott. You can tell us you had YouTube up sitting on the screen while you were fixing the patch, just watching Investor Girl Brit show you how California to fix a patch. patch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I definitely had a couple. I remember when I was doing the uh, backsplash, uh, like in the granite behind the granite in the kitchen. I was literally like watching. The YouTube video as I went through every
2: step. <laughs> but some of the stuff I already know. We've all to do. been there. We've all yeah. been there. Well, I'm YouTube, not above it. YouTube's We've amazing. all been there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> agree. Okay. So you found the deal. You just found it on the MLS, and that goes for people. That was just off the MLS, right, Prescott? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that goes to show where people are like, oh, I can never find deals on the MLS. Like, how do people get off market deals? Like, no, you can still find it. You just have to build out your criteria like you did. I love what you said earlier where you had your criteria and then you started looking for a deal. I think a lot of people start looking for a deal and try to fit it into a criteria, which is, I think, the opposite way to do it. You fill out exactly what you want. You're like, I want this, 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 this and this. You go on realtor.com or, or Zillow. You put as many of those tabs that you can, and then you allow it to bring it to you. And if that deal fits the mold that you have for your personal individual goals, then it's going to work. Don't do it the opposite where you try to find a deal to fit. You try to find a deal and then create a mold. It's like, no, do what Prescott did. Create your mold. Figure out what it is that you're looking for. Is it cash flow? Is it equity? What is it that you want? High ARV, whatever. And then find deals that work for that. And you're going to find them just like you did. (laughs) Amen. So, okay, so you got the deal. You, you started rehabbing it. Um, what happens next?
1: So so I put about $25,000 into it. So I bought it for forty. dollars put $25,000 into it. And uh, I lived in it for about three months. And while I was living in it for those three months, I, f- I found another deal in uh, Stan, which I'm sure I'll talk about later, which is the Katrina Cottage. So I found that deal and I and I had a job offer at a super amazing hospital in Bay St. Louis, which is right next to the city of Stan. And I decided that I was gonna come home so, of course, my, my parents are thinking I'm gonna rent out the house in Hattiesburg because they've been listening to me talk about real estate my whole life. And so, of course, I rent out the house in Hattiesburg mm-hmm. and I re- remodeled the property in Stan that I bought and had it ready to rent in about four days after buying it. Wow. And so, they, they're thinking I'm gonna to move to that house, but I pulled off this magic trick where I, rented out, where I rented out both houses in like a two week period and moved back home with my parents. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, they thought they got rid of you by pulling a HELOC? Yeah. They were like, yes, he's out of the house. This guy goes and rents both houses and moves Gotta be back smarter than that. Ultimate <laughs> house hack. That's a super Saiyan house hack right there. That's a love it. And like it.
0: people joke and like make fun of people for like living at home till they're 30. But honestly, like you save so much money and it's so smart. To do scott what's I your mean, dad's unless name maybe you're married with kids and you're mooching off your parents but <laughs> yeah They're I gonna think gonna start that's charging like him a, rent. Great, a great way to house hack <laughs> is to live with your parents as long as possible
2: every parent listening to this is like no ashley stop <laughs> yeah. saying that i don't it's want been,
1: them back it's been great i'm scared to give Felipe my dad's name he might feel taken advantage of <laughs> i'm gonna call him out <laughs>
2: No, that's awesome. So Prescott, what did you do with that first deal? Did you refinance it? How'd you get your money out? Do you have it paid off? What's the what's what's the scenario now on the back end? What what do the numbers look like?
0: Yeah, I wanna know too, like what was your deal with your parents too? Did you pay the PLAC like directly or did you pay them some extra interest too? How did they kind of benefit from it?
1: They they were they were super cool about it. So I basically just pay the HELOC as if it's in my name and they know I'm not gonna miss any payments or anything. So they, they almost act like it's just not even theirs. They act they treat it as if the, the HELOC is mine. So
0: I even offered my dad extra interest to do it. And he still
3: wouldn't do <laughs> it.
2: Look, Prescott's position to offer you his HELOC. Girl, come here, I got yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: pay me interest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so in the first house, I only had $65,000 taken out of the HELOC. So I really wasn't thinking refinance at that time because I still had some money left over. And the other deal I ended up buying for $25,000. So what I did was when I ran out the house in Hattiesburg, I was all in at 65. I knew the house was worth anywhere between about 125 and 150. And so I rented it out for $1,300. And I found a tenant through uh, the Zillow Rental application app that's paid for at the tenant's cost. And it shows you like their credit history and uh criminal a background like criminal history report. And it was like great and helping me find good people. And basically after I narrowed down that list, I just talked to people and I found someone who was willing to rent for thirteen hundred dollars a month on the property I only had sixty-five thousand wow. dollars into. So and so cool. yeah, so insurance and tax on it's like a hundred dollars a month too. So I was cash flowing like $600, 700 every month, which I've, I've been doing that for about a year now on that
2: house. So you didn't refinance it or anything? It's You just leave it as...
1: I did, but I refinanced it after I bought the house, the house in Pascoe Stand, and now I'm using the refinance on that house to build the two new constructions.
2: I believe that's really? called the stack. That's amazing, Prescott. Good for you, dude.
0: Okay, let's talk about this new construction because I'm looking at building a duplex in uh, Texas right now. So let's dig into that process. What made you decide to do that?
1: Okay, so a new construction goes with the the probate deal. Okay, so when when I when I bought this probate deal,
2: real quick, what's a probate deal, Prescott? Can you explain that to our listeners, and then we'll move on? Of course. A
1: lot of people think like if, if your parent dies and you're an only child, that you immediately get deeded a property. But probate is the process, the legal process that it goes through before you have you own that property free and clear. Got it. Okay. There's a lady, a lady in my in my uh, city, and uh, she was like, "Prescott, I see all of the uh, stuff you're doing with real estate because I always was posting my rehabs and like my yearly goal list and stuff." And her daughter had showed her, and she was like, "Well, my my parent just my parent just passed away, and she's a well she's a lady who's doing well for herself, but a lot of people just don't want to deal with the day to day hassle of being a landlord." And she was like, "Would you would you mind going look at the house?" So of course, I went and looked at it that day. She was like, "How much would you be willing to pay?" And I told her twenty five thousand dollars, and she was like, "Perfect, fine." And so we met with a a real estate attorney that day, and uh, he drew up the contract for us. And I already had a twenty five thousand dollars available. That day. Yeah, to start wow. up the paperwork, not to yeah. not to sign everything, but to start it up. And then the twenty five thousand dollars I had from home equity line of credit, and I paid her at the table, and she was like, "Um, well." Prescott, you've been so great with everything so far because it was just a real smooth process. And she was like, well, I own the three lots next to it. And she quit claimed to it to me at the closing table. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'll take them too. Are you serious for, for yeah, nothing? It, it, it happened because, I mean, I think it was just probate deals. It's already a, a lot going on. And it was just, it was an extremely smooth process. And anything that would have gotten away, I would have cleared it up and made it to where it was something she didn't have to deal with. And she just felt good about that deal and uh she she deed me, she quick claim deed me the uh the lots next door and that's where I'm building the two new constructions.
0: Wow. I'm still in shock. Yeah, and
1: they're and they're like they're like a block off the beach in Pasker So it's like Jeez. Super. Nice. You trying to get
2: rid of one? What's
0: up?
1: Someone
2: else kidding. we
0: had a, <laughs> <laughs> we had another guest on the show talking about how they got another deal because they made it a, a smooth transaction for the seller. And I think that is so important to you know, hear them out, listen to them, make sure the process is working for them as well as you. And I I mean, this is the second example. I think we recorded that episode a couple of weeks ago of just how much having that good nature with someone can really benefit you in the long run too.
1: Yeah, and, and it is. I, I just think you you have to value like relationships over, I know, I know money is important in like being a real estate investor, but you just have to value relationships in this business because it's a relationship business. And actually she had another home that, that went through a probate process. And that's the property that I have under contract. So it's been great with this lady. <laughs> yeah. See, that's
2: that's really important, Prescott. The, the value of, like you just said a minute ago, not just going for the money, but for the relationships, because you never know what people have in their back pocket. Just because they're selling one property doesn't mean they don't have 11 that they're thinking about selling next year, that you're gonna be the first person they think of because you've made that transition so smooth. And now you've created an exit for that person and an in for yourself, which is a win-win for everyone. In real estate, I believe that a transaction can and should go both ways where both parties are equally happy at the closing table. And, and I think that's what you're creating with this person and and whoever this is, is also going to tell five of their friends. And this is how you're going to reach that goal that you want before 30. I'm going to say it right now. Before 30, you're going to reach your goals because you're creating more relationships than just money, right? And, and I think that's awesome that you're that you're doing that.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly, Felipe, and it, and it and it's worked out great for me. I mean, and it goes beyond like even members of, of your core four, which uh, a lot of people listen know that's your real estate agent, your contractor, your lender, your property manager. I can't tell you how many deals I've gotten from knowing the guy at the lumber yard or talking to the granite man about real estate because he owns a bunch of real estate too. Like, there's been so many times where I found that I've received all of these deals just because I had the relationship with the person that I'm doing business with.
3: Agreed.
0: Okay, so we have a segment coming up, and I think you kind of already did our transition into the segment by saying that. But this segment is called the
2: MVP.
1: MVP. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
5: In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today.
6: The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day, with Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: And this is where we want to hear about the most valuable person on your team. Who is someone that has really helped you grow your real estate portfolio? And maybe it's a mentor, a realtor. Who is that person?
1: If if I had to give my MVP right now, I'd have to go back to my lender that I talked about earlier, because of course, I know about home equity, line of credits and stuff from reading books. But I wasn't even thinking, I'm thinking conventional. And she brought up the home equity line of credit and somehow talked to my parents into going <laughs> along with it. So, so she'd definitely be my MVP. My dad being a contractor, he, he's helped a lot with all the deals that I've done, especially when I don't know how to do certain things. But uh, I, I give my MVP to my lender and uh, just, just all of the, the real estate mentors that uh, I've annoyed on uh, social media. <laughs> Inclu- including Felipe. Cause as soon as I got that DM that he's considered my real estate mentor now,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> there we go. So
0: <laughs> enough about Felipe, how did you <laughs> pick that? Com- how did you pick that community bank? Was that where you had your checking accounts or your parents had used them?
1: She's my dad's banker. So, so his okay. relationship with relationship. her is, is, is something that, but I mean, she acted like she was my banker. Cause she talked him into the idea, not, not me. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's great. What were some of the things you might've asked her, talked to her about that you can recommend to our listeners, what they should look for in a lender? How will someone find a great lender like her?
1: Well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, of the community bank model. So I would look there first of that said that do those things I said earlier, like less, less forms of, of a uh, creative financing. They need to do more forms of that actually. And I, I just think it's the person like she listened when I was telling her my, my real estate goals. And it, a lot of people would say, this is a this is a 22-year-old kid, which old I was at the time, and say, what, what the heck is he talking about? He can't have 100 rental units. I don't know anyone with 100 rental units. I don't know anyone with $4 million net worth. And then just say, this, this kid's just crazy. But she listened to everything I was saying. And then not only did she listen, she thought up ways that I wasn't even thinking of that could um, just like i said earlier just catapult me into the future as far as real estate investing and in. that that was great it's really important because she listened to
2: your goals and then even though you had a vision of how you wanted to get there maybe she found a little bit quicker way right maybe you were going to take the, the the you know just just the stairs and she was like here's the escalator exactly right? this is this is how you can do it but maybe a little quicker so i love that and i recently switched one of my banks because uh, I went from one bank to another simply because of what you just said. They weren't listening to my goals. And what I what happened was I actually brought them a deal and I said, hey, look, there's this pro, there's this parcel. It's got two acres on it. Like I, I'm ready to buy it. It's 70,000 cash and, and and it's valued at 150. And they said, sorry, we can't fund you, Felipe. They just didn't even like, just not sorry, why. no, just not why not look at it. No, nothing. And, I, and in the back of my mind, I said, okay, I'm going to get this deal done. And when I get it done, sold and get my check, I'm gonna come back to the bank and close the account if this actually works. And I did, I went back, I showed him the $70,000 profit and I said, this is the deal that you told me no one, you didn't even ask me why. So I just closed all my accounts and I'm switching banks. Just, just because like what you said, the relationships is so important. And if you don't have a good lender or a good banker who's who's gonna listen to you and actually care about you, it's gonna be harder as you go. So growing with your bank is really important. And I'm so happy that she listened to you and understood your goals and said, hey, that's an amazing goal. Well, what about this right here mm-hmm. to get there quicker? And, and I think
1: that's really going to help you out in the long run for sure. Yeah, I bet that was the best feeling ever just to say, oh, yeah. And then put it wow. on the table. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your MVP with us. And if you guys want to find out more information about the bank or the lender that Prescott uses, go to biggerpockets.com forward slash rookie 32. Felipe, do you want to take us to the next segment?
2: Awesome. Okay. So Prescott, we're going to do the rookie request line. Are you ready? Let's do it. So, and then just so anyone who's listening, you can always reach us at 1-888-5-ROOKIE to leave a voicemail and we might use it on the next show. All right. Here's today's question.
3: Hey, how you doing? My name is Dalton from Massachusetts. I'm looking to get into a house tax sometime in the near future here, so I'm just starting to do my research and talk a lot about finding locations and analyzing deals, but what exactly do you go through when you analyze the deal?
1: As far as the things I go through, I basically just take my rental requirement list and, and match it up with comps for the community because I, I usually look for, like, distressed houses that look like they need a, a little bit of rehab, so I don't necessarily look at the house that I'm buying, but I take... I, I take the houses in the the normal house in the neighborhood and put in the numbers that I need on my rental requirement list to see once I finish with this home, will will it match up with the community and end up being a great deal. So that's basically how I look for deals and send them through my rental requirement list.
0: Would you share some of those things on your list with us?
1: Oh yeah, the 150% after repair value, the 25% equity upon rehab ending. It needs to be in a, a, C, a C neighborhood or better, which to me, a C neighborhood is somewhere I feel comfortable picking up rent and then fall into the 1% rent rule, which of course is if you own a house for $100,000, that's worth $100,000, you should get at least $1,000 in rent. And $250 per unit per month, which is cash flow is important. I got to yeah. remember to hit that yeah. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you're analyzing a deal, you analyze it and then you go and you check your boxes. I think that is so important and people get kind of wrapped up in analysis paralysis. But if you have the that sheet showing what your requirements are, boom, you can boom through deals. Just fill them out. Okay. There, this box is not checked. Don't dwell on it. Move to the next deal or figure out how you can make it so that box is checked. So I, everyone, if you don't already sit down and make your checklist of what a deal will work for you. How will you reach your goal? What is your goal? And then reverse engineer that work backwards. What do you need in a property to reach your goal? Is that kind of how you did it? With you checking all these boxes? Yeah.
1: For sure. Because I mean, I'm looking at hundred plus rental properties, well, prospective rental properties a day, and there's no way that you can just look at these deals emotionally that you'd never get through the list. You have to have like something set in stone that you're following by to narrow down and to create a funnel like Brandon Turner always says to get to the best deal.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And that's part of just create, like you said, creating that funnel. And what you're going to do with those hundred properties is just create basically a machine where you're just oiling the machine because you know that they all are basically the same thing because you analyze them based off the same criteria. So you're going to have the same property over and over and over again. And there's nothing wrong with boring real estate. Everyone talks about, oh, real estate's sexy and, and all these perks and all these everything. But you're just, you're creating a list you're going to buy little square boxes with roofs on them that fit that list over and over and over and over and over again. And that is how you're going to reach your millions quick.
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, go on to our random questions. These are a little bit real estate related, but just to give us a little bit more info about you. So the first question I have is during your rehab, did anything happen to you or did you find anything in the rehab or anything just be a disaster? Do you have a really good rehab story for us?
1: I have a terrible uh, rehab story. It's actually post-rehab, <laughs> but it ended up being a rehab after this. So um, the house is finally finished. It took me about three months to rehab it. And uh, I had some leftover flooring. And so I, I put the flooring in the attic, of course, so if anything ever happens, a crack, I could go pick it up, so my shift starts at six o'clock. So at like five 30, I'm already in my scrubs. I have my stethoscope on, like I am ready to go be a nurse. And I climb up the attic with this heavy flooring. And as anyone knows who's been in houses, like a lot of times they have like those, <laughs> those uh, two by fours that are like a foot apart in the attic. Right. And yeah. so I'm, and I'm walking on it in, in my nursing shoes. And somehow like I stumble with the flooring and did a complete split. Like one foot went through the floor and it's like hanging. And my other foot is like almost to my ear and I'm not a flexible guy. And and the flooring fell through the attic as well. And like I had the, my back was hurting so bad at work the whole day. And the next day I had to like fix my mistake and, and re put the floor back in the attic. And that, that was a terrible, horrible story,
6: but it oh
2: that's hilarious. Oh,
1: I'm glad cell. you survived
0: it a lot better answer than I expected. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's really funny.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I uh, Full split. I can only picture <laughs> what, what you looked like hanging there. So did you have hanging to pull sideways. yourself out or did you just drop? <laughs>
1: So, so I, I thought about Ashley. dropping because it was a depressing moment in life. So I thought, honestly, I thought about just doing an Eeyore and just sitting there, just giving just, up, on life.
2: just giving up on everything. Just take but, uh, the L. Prescott fall through, lay on your back. I
1: quit. But eventually, I, I pulled myself out of there. Uh, and you have to do that in real estate. When you fall, you have to pull yourself out.
0: Yeah, there you go. There's a hey, light.
2: What in a way to turn it around! I like that. What a way to turn it around. Uh, <laughs> All right, Prescott, my turn. So I got a question, man. What's, what's one piece of technology that you use to manage your rental properties? Because I feel like they're, they're in different spots right now. So what's, what's, your, what's your one piece of technology that you couldn't go without?
1: My, my cell phone, which I, I have a, a bunch of apps, which that's an easy answer because your cell phone encompasses like everything. During when COVID first started, I remember one of the banks, like the, the bank I used shut, shut down and the people pay for me is they use my bank account number. So basically they go to the bank with my bank account number and name and they pay and then the bank gives them a receipt and they send me a picture of it. And that's that's how that transaction is handled. And the bank wasn't doing this when COVID first started. And so they were able to cash at me the money, which isn't something that I do exclusively, but it, it really helped with me. As far as, far as like landlord apps, I have some of them on my phone, but I haven't really used them as much as I should. I have my own spreadsheets that I go off of
0: since you're self-managing, what do you do for your maintenance calls and are you doing the maintenance yourself?
1: Okay, so I, I'm doing the maintenance myself and this is a great mm-hmm. story. Of course, when I plan on getting big, so I understand I'm gonna have to scale and I'm not gonna be able to do maintenance forever, especially with these houses being like an hour apart. So both of the homes were, like I said, I re, I went through and remodeled everything. So it's it's not very common for, for any call to be made. The house in Hattiesburg, I'm getting $1,300 and rent a month, I've only had one call on it and I haven't had any calls on the Katrina cottage. And I remember when I got the call just like this feeling of being super stressed out and they called to tell me that the AC unit had stopped working. And it's the middle of summer, it's super hot in Mississippi. It was like in the nineties. Of course I called and I'm stressed out and I told her, you know, just did you change did you change the vent? Which they said they changed the vent, but amazingly, after I told them, did you change the vent? They changed it. And I told them to vacuum under the AC and it magically started working. So that one call, I remember being so stressed out about it. And I'm thinking like, I literally have had this house for nine months and it's made me $7,000. And I just fixed the problem with one five minute phone call. I was like, you are worth $7,000 every five minutes. And you had the audacity to be stressed out about it.
0: (laughs) That is Such
2: a great way to look at it. I I love that. I'm going to start using that. I like that a lot, Prescott. Yep, that's exactly right. That happened to me. I sometimes get these calls and I'm like, oh my gosh, this got to get fixed right now. And I'm freaking out. And then I step back and I'm like, no, this is normal. Things are going to break. The garage door is going to stop working. It's okay. Make three phone calls the tenant, the garage man, back to the tenant saying it's done. It's okay. So, yeah, no, I totally get it.
0: And I really like, too, that you tried to troubleshoot it over the phone, too, instead of just saying, OK, I'll be there in an hour. I think that saves a lot of people a lot of time where when there are these certain maintenance issues, you can give them a couple things over the phone to do. Outlets aren't working. OK, did you click the little GFI button? I mean, that's been a common one for me to say to people. Um, Ashley did you tells her the, tenants to,
2: to use the, the fork with the, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley says use the fork to click the GFCI button. That's what Ashley tells them to do. If it shocks you, it's working. It's, you're good.
0: <laughs> so the next random question we have is, what is the best habit you have formed?
2: You see how Ashley does me? She took my question. She did. <laughs> you see, we're supposed to go back and forth. You
1: see how that is? The, I get run the over. Best, the
2: best Hey, I added. thought
0: you just went. Hmm.
1: The best habit I formed, I have I have a lot of habits. So um I'm a real organized guy. So like if I come up with a checklist for that day, like I'll almost kill myself to like finish to get to the end of that checklist, which isn't isn't great all the time, but like I use the I use reminders in my in my phone and like I almost like live by those reminders. So that's a great habit I formed. I work out all the time, that's been great. I read 10 pages. I mean, uh, my uh, my biceps don't look like Felipe's, but they're pretty <laughs> they're pretty strong if I could say so myself. And uh, just working out, reading, reading every day, listening to podcasts, and uh, following my checklist. I would say those are those are my go to daily habits.
0: One hundred percent. After we stop recording, I know there's gonna be a flex off between the two of you.
2: Prescott, <laughs> you don't want uh, the smoke. man. You're closer to the camera. <laughs> It's the angles. It's the angles. Oh my god! You People guys. go on IG okay. and they're like, "It's the angles."
1: <laughs> Sorry,
2: go Prescott,
0: ahead. Ashley. Can you tell everyone where they can find out some more information about you, and if they can reach out to you, where would they find you?
1: Okay, y'all can reach out to me whenever you want to. I love us talk real estate and finances. Uh, my Instagram is Prescott underscore Williams. Prescott P R E S C O T T underscore Williams, and my Facebook is Prescott Williams as well. A YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be here soon, but I don't oh, have Oh, exciting!
0: Cool! Hey. Yeah, we'll watch I'll have for to it. Follow yeah, for sure. So, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I don't think I have laughed. I mean, I my dad tells me I giggle a lot on the show, so but I don't think I've laughed this much.
2: It's a great show. <laughs> so,
0: I it. yeah, I had a great time. Um, thank you so much, and you are doing awesome. And I can't wait to have you back on the show again and see where you are to to reach those 30-year goals.
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Crush it, Prescott. Seriously, man. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll be looking forward to following you and uh, seeing how those deals turn out.
1: Gotcha. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate it.
0: I'm Ashley at Wealth for Rentals and he's Felipe at Felipe Mejia, R-E-I. See you next week. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes.